Howdy, Fat Guy Forum listeners. Before we get into this week's episode, just a reminder that there is a great way for you to support the podcast and keep it going, and that's by joining the Fat Guy Forum Patreon that you can find at patreon.com slash keto. I use all the funds from the Patreon to go for the subscriptions and equipment that are used on the podcast, and if you join now, you will have the opportunity to be a part of helping decide the direction of the podcast as we dive into some new topics and try out a few new things. So I look forward to having you on board. Sign up today. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet, and I'm glad to have you here with us once again to talk to another new dude. And I'm just, his name is, is Will... It is Will, but it's, you know, it's it's also something else, and we'll talk about that. But we, we when I say we, we fight tooth and nail to bring these episodes to you, this one we definitely have, you know. Will has been driving all over creation to make sure that he sounds good, I sound good, all of that today. So I appreciate the work that he's put in even before I hit the record button. So, Will, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. I saw you... Not only, you know, we're talking today, but you had a test earlier, and I'm sure we'll get into all of that, but I just wanted to say congratulations, doing Thank well you. on that test, that's awesome. Thank you. Um, maybe we'll we'll talk, we'll dive, we'll, that'll be a little teaser for people, and we'll talk about what that's about, you know, in a little bit, but let's let's get things started the way I always do, man. The first question I ask is, tell us, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum? Well, I used to be fat, but I'm not anymore uh, as fat anyways. I'm on my way out. Um, so I started, I started getting heavy on the weight when I was a kid, probably about 11, 12 years old. Um, when I was a kid, about eight years old, my parents decided that they needed to become missionaries uh, with the Protestant church. I'm also Protestant. But I'm not a missionary. Um, so we, I spent most of my childhood abroad after that and uh, learned to appreciate food a lot more than I should, uh, especially when we come back stateside. Uh, you celebrate with you know, eating a lot of McDonald's and fast food and things that you can't necessarily get in other places out in the bush. Um, but that kind of started me off with a unhealthy relationship with food um but yeah so i i, I started gaining weight kind of just stayed a chubby kid uh through high school uh, started to get a little bit thinner you know towards the end of high school but then i met my wife and she's a really good cook and you know the rest is history just blew up um i got over 420 pounds at my heaviest uh, and I hit a, a spot where I kind of had to decide whether I wanted to live more or if I just wanted to die. That was kind of where I was at because I was that unhealthy. They had put me on, I was on blood pressure medicine and I was on a sleep app machine. Um, I don't know if you know what that is, but it forces air down your throat so that you don't suffocate in your sleep on your own fat that's in your neck. Um, but something that I, because I, I tried to lose weight so many times, and a, a lot of the times I was successful. 
at losing weight, but it was very short term. It wasn't a long term success. So I, I don't know that I would even consider it to be success because I don't think that fat is really the problem. Fat isn't the issue. Uh, the issue is a lack of self control and self discipline. So, <clears> and, so that, I, and that's my question. Like, that's one of the questions. Like, I, I think because you talked about, you know, kind of coming out of high school on the thinner, you know, thinner side, not necessarily the thin side, but kind of seeing the, the weight go up and down like that. Like, what, what do you think was driving that for you? Do you think it was an issue with, like, do you think it was related to food or like, what, what do you really think it was related to? Like, what brought you to that point that you were over 400 pounds? Uh, well, <clears throat> a lot of things i would say it's a culmination of a lot of things so i stayed when i was in high school i was about 220 230 and i stayed that way uh through the first few years of my wife and i's marriage um and then we had um my son when we've been married for a couple of years and when he was seven months old we found out that he had uh what's called an aortic cortation which is basically a spot in his aorta that was constricted. So it wasn't letting the blood flow to his legs properly. So your aorta comes up out of your heart and it splits, goes to one arm, goes to your head, goes to the other arm and it goes down to go to your legs. And it was right there where it goes down um, on the left side, going down to his legs. And so they, <clears throat> we, we went for a checkup for him just like a routine checkup because he had a heart murmur when he was born and they said, Oh, everybody has a heart murmur. It goes away when you're two, blah, 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 nothing to worry about, but let's just check on it when he's like six or seven months old, just to make sure. So we went in that day expecting nothing. And, um, the doc, we were sitting in there forever. I was like, what is going on? Finally, the doctor comes in and he says, Hey, this is what's going on with your son. It was a Thursday, and he said, I already have it set up, scheduled. You all need to be at the hospital in Charlotte um, on Friday, tomorrow. Um, tomorrow, he'll go in. They were going to put him to sleep so that they could do another echo of his heart uh, without him squirming around. And then he said that his surgery was scheduled for Saturday morning. So I, the stress of that um, – that was really stressful going through that. He come through that awesome. I've, he, he was already eaten like a few hours after his surgery. And we thought he was going to have to have open heart surgery because two of the valves in his heart didn't form properly. But um, they found that they work properly, even though they weren't formed properly. So they, uh, it was unnecessary for them to do that. So they ended up just going through his back <clears throat> and clipping that little spot out that was restricted and then they sewed the good pieces together and he's a hundred percent now. But I think that that stress that year following his surgery, um, gave me the excuse that I needed to overindulge because I feel like that's, there's reasons, but they're not reasons. They're excuses in my mind. Um, because we all know what makes you fatter. Like everybody knows what makes you fatter, not doing enough activity and eating too much food. That's plain and simple. Unless you're, you know, an anomaly or have some sort of health condition that defies physics. But, um, 
I would say probably just the regular stresses of life uh, are what excused me to to do that to myself. And I just foods taste good. Food is good, and it brings joy. It uh, releases serotonin, I think, is the word in your brain. Um, it's it kind of helps with depression, and it helps with you know all these problems. And it's you know it's just kind of a crutch instead of dealing with my problems like I should. Um, I turn to uh, to food to solve my problems or to help me cope with my problems. Um, and then just steadily, steadily gained weight and then found myself in the 300s. And I come up and down. Basically, I would I would diet and I would work out really hard for a few months. I dropped like 30, 40, maybe even 50 pounds. You know, and then it's like I wouldn't want to do that diet anymore or I just wouldn't be in a gym anymore and then I would fall right back into my old habits you know eating an entire pizza by myself you know not occasionally but frequently type thing um, and then I got an office job and it was a really stressful office job I had a pretty cranky boss narcissistic and just a real winner of a boss and that <clears throat> that coupled with all the people that would come through because I worked in a security office and I had a lot of people come through in the mornings, a bunch of construction workers and stuff. And they would bring biscuits all the time because I was nice to them. And man, I'd eat like three or four biscuits every morning at this job. And a biscuit's like almost 400 calories, if not more, you know. So you're like my BMR at the time, right now it's like 2100. Uh, my BMR at the time couldn't have been over 3000 and yet I was consuming whenever I finally started looking and sit down and documenting and tracking, I was consuming between four and 6,000 calories every day. And I worked, like I said, I work an office job. I didn't go to the gym. So I'd wake up in the morning. I would go sit down <laughs> in the chair until it was time for me to leave. And then I'd come home and play video games, watch TV or, you know, do something that was sedentary and then go to sleep and come back do it the next day again. So every day, um, which I've read, I don't know if it's true, but 3,500 calories, you know, if you are in excess of your calories by 3,500, then that's a pound of fat. If you're in a deficit of 3,500, that's a pound of fat also. So you figure that every day I was adding a half a pound to my weight and fat based off of what I was eating. And I'm, I, like I said, I was not active at all. So it was just kind of a double whammy of not being active. I mean, my steps couldn't have been more than a thousand steps a day because I would park right next to my office and, you know, I mean, walk 10 feet to my office. So I didn't hardly do anything. Um, but I got to the point where I was over 420 pounds I stopped weighing myself because I was so sick of that. And I couldn't believe how fat I got. And I was in a 4X shirt and my stomach was hanging out the bottom of it. I got to where I couldn't wear button pants anymore because I couldn't reach around my body to reach my pants to button them. And so I started to wear sweatpants like a nasty everywhere I went. 
And so that was even more depressing because it's like now I'm like I'm one of those people, you know. And that was like my thought was like I'm one of those people, one of those like really fat people that can't even wear normal clothes anymore because stuff doesn't fit. My wife, she she'd have to help me put my socks on, and I couldn't buy shoes that tied because I couldn't get I couldn't bend over to tie my shoes. Um, it's just crazy stuff. I'm a, my kids would want me to play with them out in the yard. And, you know, my boy would be like, you know, I want to play ball, Dad. Let's throw a ball, Dad. And I'd, I'd go out there and we'd throw a few times. And then if I wouldn't catch it, I'd have to get my daughter to go to, go, to grab it off the ground because it's so difficult for me to bend over and pick up a ball around to even go play with my son. And whenever I'd use the bathroom, I'd have to find a, a good bathroom with a solid wall like, I'd have to go, like, I couldn't use a middle stall. I had to use a solid wall that I could mash my shoulder up against to be able to push my arm to the point where I could reach my butt crack to wipe the poop off my butt. Like, how ridiculous. And then I had to buy a, uh, a special scrubby that was on a handle so that way I could I could wash my entire body. So I thought that, like, that was just... And not only humiliating for me, knowing that my wife saw me that way, but my kids saw me that way, you know. And as a man, like I, sh I should be able to take care of myself. I should be able to put my own socks on, you know. I should at least be able to wipe my own ass, especially when I have nothing, nothing that's actually physically wrong with me besides what I have put upon myself. And so I. I was I was a really dark place, really dark place, um, beginning of last year, and I I'd, I'd get up in the morning, and I had to decide. I had to decide whether I wanted to live that day or not. And the only thing that was keeping me going, sorry, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> the only thing that was keeping me going was the fact that my wife and kids would have to deal with that their dad and their husband killed himself because he was so he was so weak that he put himself in this position because of his weakness and then was too weak to deal with his own bed that he made and so that was what kept me from doing it and so I but I couldn't continue on in that existence I couldn't keep on doing the same thing because I, w I was killing myself slowly, you know, like I, I, I would have had a heart attack within a year, I'm sure of it, because my blood pressure, even with, um, even with my blood pressure medicine, and they had, I, I got started on lisinopril, and then they doubled it, and then they doubled it again, and I was still, my blood pressure was like 140 over 90, it would like stay in the 140s and, and up, and just bad, and now, I mean, you could feel it, make you feel terrible and my testosterone tanked and for people my age the doctor said that i should be looking at my testosterone being between three and nine hundred and mine was in the 90s so that not having testosterone kills your motivation it kills your drive it kills your happiness like you don't have any uh, like you start getting depressed 
like there's all kinds of stuff that you know and then as a as a dude stuff stops working that should be working you know it's just like so now i couldn't see it no more and now it don't work you know so it's like even worse so i decided i had to i had to change i had to make a change so i stopped eating um because i i knew that was my problem was just i just was so out of control with my eating habits so i just stopped eating and i drank three meal replacement shakes a day and that was it and i i i i'm gonna do this for however long it takes because i can't be like this anymore so which let's i i i don't want to i don't want to kind of move on from from where you where you brought us to because i think a lot of like especially kind of starting with what your what your son went through which i'm so you know obviously happy to hear that everything was a success then but like you said it, it kind of set this this perfect storm in motion you know of giving you a reason to allow the indulgent give you a reason to allow it to become a coping mechanism become a, a, a constant presence and then these other factors come into play that i don't think people think about like the, the impact of sedentary work on, on our bodies, like the impact of that and how easy it is to just minimize that movement, you know, to do everything in you your power. No, I understood. Um, I, I'll, I'm recording on this side, so don't worry. Um, no, you broke up. Yep. I lost you. No, so what I'm talking about is like the idea that it's so easy for all these factors to start to come into play and to to add up to add up really fast you know and for it not to be like because people always say to someone like you know how do you let yourself get to that point like how do you let yourself like get there like that's a someone who's on the outside sees it as almost like you had to work at it but it's like to me it's it's not sub it's not unintentional like but it is you do allow those different pieces to come into play you do allow that behavior to start to take over your life. You do allow the food to start to become a priority and then you get good at minimizing expenditure. You know, you get good at minimizing movement and you go through those phases of, of losing and gaining and losing and gaining and, and all of that. And like you said, like the numbers add up really fast with the amount of food that we're eating. And that's, it, it's, it's, it's not that you wake up overnight 400 pounds but it's like that movement to 400 plus pounds, all of these other factors that come into play, grease the wheel, you know, kind of like lay that track for you. So it's it's easy to see it get there. And also, I, I think there, there's something about the flexibility of the human mind, like our ability to accept things becomes incredible. Like when you were talking about the bathroom, it's something I, you know, completely relate to, you know, the idea of you know, and le- I mean, let's just call it what it is, you know, sexual function for men when you get, you know, become significantly overweight. There's a huge impact, you know, because one, yes, all of that added fat is very estrogenic and has that impact on destroying testosterone, but just blood circulation and all of those things that start to get affected. And then it just becomes, okay, this is my normal. This is the normal that I live with every day. And you have to kind of get to that place, like you said, where you have to want to live, you know, there, there's a difference between want, need, wanting to lose 40 pounds to look good for in a bathing suit during the summer and wanting to lose 200 pounds so that you're around for your family. Like there's a different frame of mind that has to come into play. Yeah. 
Yeah, which, yeah, for sure. Because yeah. I because think people... it's the same. No, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say it's the same. Like losing weight and gaining weight is essentially the same, except opposite. I mean, obviously, but you don't wake up over. You don't wake up one morning and be four hundred pounds. Just like you don't wake up one morning and you're jacked. Like it doesn't happen. There's certain things that have to happen in order for that to to happen. And it, like I like how you said it greases the wheels because greased wheels that are sitting still are just greased wheels that are sitting still. They're not in motion. The wheels have to be in motion in order for greased wheels to do anything. See what I'm saying? So you have to set it in motion. You have to make those choices and whether or not you want to pretend like they're intentional or not, that's up to you. But for me, I had to decide that I couldn't pretend that my self-destructive nature was not intentional. It was, it was intentional. Every time that I picked a piece of food up and stuffed it in my fat face, was I intended to do that. Yeah. Like we, people love to say, you know, they're out of control. You know, I don't know why it happened. I was just out of control. You know, I have no control around food. Out of control. And it's like, to me, what that really comes down to is like abdicating responsibility because it's easier. It's easier to say I'm out of control than to say, I wanted to do this. Well, literally all you have to do is grab the steering wheel. Because you can have, you can have a car, you can be driving down the road and be like, oh, I'm out of control. Because you're not holding the steering wheel. But you chose to let go of the steering wheel, and as soon as you grab a hold of the steering wheel, you have control again. And I feel like it's that way with our life. Like, yeah, we spiral out of control, quote unquote, but that's because we jumped out of the airplane. You know what I mean? Like, most most things don't happen automatically. <laughs> most things. I mean, there's not things in my life that I know of that didn't happen because of something that I did. And there are some things like like my son's for instance, my son's quotation is hard hard issue. Had nothing to do with me. Had nothing to do with my wife. Had nothing to do with my boys. Sometimes you roll the dice and you know you get once. But how we deal with that is a completely different story because we could have not went and had it fixed. You know what I'm saying? But we went and had it fixed, and now it's not an issue. Same thing with my weight. I could have just continued on being out of control because I didn't want to take control anymore. And I can't live like that at all, ever again. I can't. And other aspects of my life, I'm a micromanager. So, like, how can you be a micromanager over some things but not even even really, like, give a – a crap about your own self, your own existence, you know? And those are hard things to look at. Weakness. Like those, those are hard realizations to yeah. make because, and this is something, you know, I, I work with, with clients. And one of the things when we talk about responsibility, it's responsibility isn't always fun. You know, it's not always pretty. It's not always like a motivational quote on a cute background. You know, things are going great today. It's about saying, there's things that I could be doing. And it doesn't mean that they're easy. 
and it doesn't mean any of it's easy. Like that's the that's the thing. Like I, I talk with one of my friends a lot, and we, you know, one of the things she likes to say is, you know, making change, you know, losing weight, like going from being, you know, sedentary and nearly immobile with your weight to getting on that, you know, journey and, and what you need to do, the changes you need to make. Like a lot of that's simple, but it's not easy. Simple but easy is like a really important thing for people to realize that like there's there's and and like you said and this is you know I want to kind of get back to where you were at in your journey because sometimes it is about needing to make some extreme change to to get those wheels moving you know to get yourself behind the wheel again you know right and something I'm sure you can relate you know literally yeah. to fit to fit ourselves behind the wheel sometimes well you had to, you had to stop them and push it back to the way yeah well, because the wheels were moving in the opposite direction, and they were greased in the opposite direction. So it's like you had to stop the wheels from turning that direction first. That's the that's the first. You can't lose weight until you stop gaining weight. You know, you can't you can't go the right direction. You can't go the right direction until you gain control of yourself. Until you take control of yourself. So it's like, well, I want to go the right direction, but I'm still not going to hold the steering wheel. Some people luck out. Some pe- some people luck out, and they are set on a straight road with no need to hold the steering wheel. And is that way physically? Is that way financially? You know, I talk about check your privilege all the time. Most times about race, but privilege is everywhere, and every like everyone, especially in our country, has it. You know. But some people luck out and they don't have to hold the steering wheel so much. Some people got to hold the steering wheel white knuckle the whole time. And that's me. I have to hold the steering wheel white knuckle the whole time in order to maintain control of myself. Because I feel like a lot of us have that self-destructive nature. And for me, that was something that I, it was, and I think it's a lot, a lot of like emotional and mental trauma and garbage that you go through as a young person you know and everybody's every every everybody's mountain the biggest mountain anyone's ever climbed is the biggest mountain they've ever climbed regardless of how big your mountain is or how big somebody else's mountain is the biggest mountain they ever have to face is the biggest mountain they ever have to face so you have to consider that like everyone even if somebody looks like this they had a great whatever time or life or whatever they probably did, but they still had giant mountains that they had to cross in their eyes. You know what I'm saying? Everyone goes through something. Everyone goes through something. Everyone experiences trauma. So you have to decide whether you're going to be um, – if you're going to let that trauma dictate who you are and where you want to be at. Because like I said, even people that consider themselves out of control or spiraling out of control, they are still – completely under their own control no one else is who is controlling who is controlling it who is controlling it you know like who is it if you're out of control who is it that's putting that pizza in your mouth who is it that's sitting on the couch for three hours a day binge watching netflix you know who is it who is it that decides not to eat vegetables and once you accept that and realize and that you, you. Take, you yeah, you need to take and it's your <laughs> desires. So 
and, and when you accept that you might need to grip the wheel yeah. a little tighter yeah. than someone else, it gets easier because you're not so worried that like, why can't I just do it yeah. like everyone else? Like, it's so easy to be like, well, why can't I do it like that person? Why can't it's like, no, this is what I need to do. Well, and that's part of being an adult. You have to, you have to like, who gives a, like, honestly, who gives a damn how somebody else did it? You know, because, well, it worked for them. They only had to walk 20 minutes a day and they could eat 3000 calories. Okay. And you know what I mean? Did you try that? Yeah. Did it work? No. Okay. So move on. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't, don't, and, and especially I, somebody, I read this, uh, I love Instagram because there's it's, it's such a great community of people that are in the same exact journey and you get little pieces of wisdom that come out every once in a while. And somebody said, don't compare the beginning of your journey to the middle of somebody else's. And don't compare the middle of your journey to the end of somebody else's either. You know what I'm saying? That you shouldn't compare your journey to anyone else's ever. The only time you should ever compare your journey to somebody else is so that you can give yourself the knowledge of possibilities. You see what I'm saying? It's possible that you could do this. Why? Because somebody else did. And if they can do it, then you can too. There's no reason why not. There's nothing special about me, nothing special about you. The only special thing about us too is that we chose to take the wheel. That was it. That, you know what I'm saying? But for me, that was that was the big turn of my screw-ups. And I said, well, the only person that's going to be able to change me and the only person that is going to be able to control me is me. Because that's the only person that's ever controlled me is me. I said, I just, I quit eating. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> so let's, let's get back to what you did to take control. So what I did to take control, um, I, I, well, I guess I was, I was in a dark place. And I just, one morning I had to decide. I decided that. I couldn't wake up the next morning the same way. And um, I made a video about it that I decided I will never be as fat, weak, and disgusting as I am right now. And weak, weakness, when I talk about weakness, is not physical weakness at all. When I talk about weakness... Is internal weakness. It's weakness of your mind. And just like your physical realm, just like your muscles in your body, if you don't use them, they'll atrophy. If you don't use them, they won't work anymore. And then if you don't use them enough, you'll get what's called a contraction. And a contraction is whenever uh, your muscle contracts and it stays that way. And you can't ever get it uncontracted, and then it's permanent, which is crazy. So if you're worried about your mind being contracted <laughs> and that you won't ever be able to change, it's not. because. And how I know that is because you're worried about that. 
the only people whose minds are that weak and to the point where they're contracted and can't change are the ones that don't care. And that's, and that's why they are that way. It's because they don't care. And that's why they'll never change is because they don't care. So if you're sitting here listening to this today and you're hungry for that change and you want that for yourself, like I don't want to live in this hell anymore. I don't want to have this existence I don't want to look at this person in the mirror anymore when I get up. If that's what you're thinking, you can do it. You can do it. And I don't know if you guys have ever heard of David Goggins. Um, if, if you, he's amazing. But he talks about his book. Um, he says that he, he got in front of what's called the accountability mirror. And I read his book like nine months <laughs> into my journey i was like man i wish i'd read this like nine months ago but the accountability look, the accountability mirror is an awesome thing because you sit there you look at yourself and you have to be honest and that's the to me that's the first step is to be honest with yourself honesty 100 percent honest this is where i am this is where why i'm here this is how I've gotten here. And this is me, right? You have to know where you are in order to know which direction to go or how to go to get to where you want to be. And even if you don't know where you want to be, if you know you don't want to be where you are, you have to figure out where you are now to be able to get away from it, you know? And so for me, I sit there in the mirror and, and just look at myself with disgust. And, you know, I sit there lifting up my fat lobes and just like, just couldn't believe it. Like this, this is me. This is my existence that I've chosen for myself. And this is the path that I've taken. And this is where I am. And I decided that's not the path I'm going to be on no more. And that's not, that's not the bed that I want to make to sleep in for the rest of my life. And so that was, that was it. I had to be honest with myself. I had to say, look, this is why you're fat. It's because you're lazy. You're weak-minded. And you don't take control of yourself. You allow your desires to control you. And so once I was actually honest with myself about that and uh, honest with myself about my actual situation, then I was able to move forward. And when you start, when we start, we don't know what we're doing, right? I mean, like, who knows? We've been, like, for me, I've been fat pretty much my whole life. Before I was fat, I was a, like a baby kid, like that, you know, like chicken nuggets and, you know, mashed potatoes, like every other kid. So, like, it's... You didn't think about that, but my entire adult life, I've been fat. You know, it's just like, I don't know how to not be fat. My entire existence has been obesity. My entire life, everything has been based around that. You know, I've, I've tried to work out a few times, you know, like I said, I've, I've worked out off and on, but nothing ever stuck and the diets never stuck. And that was why was because, well, number one, it was a diet. Diets don't work, period. So, and then it's like, well, I'm going to do this you know, a hundred times, you know, like, I, like, I don't know, to me, I feel like, I feel like you just like, if you jump in with both feet in the shallow water, you're going to break your ankles. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
I don't, let me let me think of how to even put it. I didn't know, like I, I didn't know what I was doing. So I started out, and you you learn as you go. But I started out like I said, just cutting everything, and I just drank these nasty Equate meal replacement shakes for almost a month. And I did that for almost a month, and I dropped down to 418 pounds, and I could not believe it. I was like, oh my god, I'm under 420 pounds, like this. Like I can actually do this. I can I can actually do this because I had gained a hundred pounds in three months in uh, 2019. I had gotten I'd done you know my up and downs, up and downs. In 2019, I got all the way down to like 3:30, and then. Uh, I had some like little health problems, you know, another excuse of why I couldn't go back to the gym. And then I just hit my old lifestyle hard, you know, and I gained, I gained so much weight, so much weight. It's it's basically a pound a day, pound a day. And so when I stopped gaining, like every, every single time I stepped on the scale, I was fatter every single time. It didn't matter if it was three hours later, I would be heavier. And so the fact that I was able to actually lose weight. So when I seen that, it was like the biggest eye opener. Like not only can you stop stop gaining weight, but you can lose weight. And so then I realized that I couldn't live off of three shakes a day. So I had to start tweaking my diet a little bit here. So that was when I realized that I had to start counting calories. I started doing research because if something is important to you, if something is important to you, you will put the time and effort that is needed into that something, right? So if you love baseball and you really want to be a good baseball player, you're going to learn about baseball and you're going to go buy a baseball mitt and you're going to toss a baseball around. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not just going to be like, well, I love baseball and then never learn anything about baseball. You're never going to get good at it. And you're never going to know anything about it. You have to research. So if your health is important to you, make it a priority and research it. So I started counting, just counting calories. So I knew I went to, I started, I joined a gym. The one that I'm sitting outside of right now. Uh, I joined a gym and I just started walking. And I started walking. I could walk 15 minutes at a time at one and a half, two miles an hour. And then that was it. I was exhausted. And then it went to 30 minutes. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can walk for 30 minutes solid. Well, then I, I was I was joining all these different groups and stuff in the gym and these little classes and stuff. Trying just trying everything. Trying everything. And uh just started slowly coming off, slowly coming off. And as I started to learn more about nutrition, as I started to learn more about exercise, I I started implementing it. And then I started to learn about myself, which I never really thought about myself as an individual. I don't know if that even makes sense. Like I always thought about, Oh, I need this. Oh, I need this. You know, like, like really selfish thinking, but it's like you're you're in the middle of it. I've been like now 
I'm more on the outside of it thinking about it, if that makes sense. To where I can identify like, okay, well, like it's like I'm paying attention now. I can identify, okay, well, this happened. So this, this made this happen because I did this. This was the outcome. So I'm going to continue doing this or this happened and this was the outcome and it was negative. So I'm going to stop doing this. I used to never could identify stuff like that. Now I'm able to, and I feel like physical fitness is a direct link to mental fitness. And mental fitness is not like physical fitness. Mental fitness is instant. When you work out your, your mental fitness, when you work out your mental strength and your willpower, you become stronger immediately immediately so instead of having to wait three weeks for your gains to show from your, your arm day that you did friday you get to see the gains in your mind immediately so when you're on that treadmill and you're like i'm going for 15 minutes and 12 minutes has gone by and you don't have an ounce of energy left in you you say i'm gonna walk for three more minutes you walk for 10 more seconds you're instantly stronger than you were yesterday because yesterday you wouldn't have done that you see what i'm saying yesterday you wouldn't have done that so you're instantly stronger so every single time that you tell your weakness no and you overcome it you're instantly stronger mentally and it's like a snowball when you start doing that it's crazy how fast your mental strength will grow and then you'll be doing stuff that you couldn't even imagine doing three months ago two weeks ago yesterday Last week, was it last week or a week before last? I think it was last week. Last Monday, uh, it was a week before that. Two Mondays ago, I ran 7.86 miles. I've never done that before. The week, the week before that, I ran like a half mile less than that. It was a little over seven miles. Before, before that, my highest, my longest run was four miles and no the day before was five so before that five was four miles I, I finally got up to where i could run 3.11 miles and i ran a 5k in february and when i realized that i could do that i was like man i could actually run three miles the sky is the limit once you start to realize what you're actually capable of the sky is the limit all it takes is for you to push yourself so i was like well, if i can run three Three miles and I can run four. And if I can run four, then I can run six. So I just ran almost eight. Last year, at this time, I couldn't walk for a mile. A whole mile. I couldn't do it. Walk for a whole mile. And here I am running almost 10. My goal for this, for May, is to run five miles a day every weekday for the whole month of May. At least five miles. And that's a possibility because I started running to the gym at the beginning of April. Instead of driving here, I just run here. And so at first I was just running the shortest distance, you know, like just right at two miles. I was running that to the gym. It was terrible, awful. I hated it. You know, it's like it's awful. And I was like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a left out of my house instead of a right to go to the gym, which is the opposite direction of the gym. And I don't know why I decided to do that one day. But I ran, that was the day I ran the five, five miles, a little over five miles. 
I was like, holy cow, I actually ran, I ran a mile and some over what I've ever run before. The very next day, I ran over seven miles. Your mental strength grows substantially when you're doing physical fitness. And when you're pushing yourself to be better every day, you will be better every day. It's all in the choices, all in the choices. So let, let's talk about where you're at now, man. Like, how has the weight loss progressed? Like, you're, you're, you're in this. So, like, let, let's let people know where this has brought you. Well, I, it's actually kind of a cool time that we did it today. Today's the first of the month. So I just had my body scan um, at the gym yesterday. I try to do it once a month to kind of see where I'm at. I check my weight every day. I don't know that I would suggest that for anyone else because it can mess with you mentally because if you drink a little bit more water than you did yesterday or if you eat some more salt or if the moon shone just right or you know you haven't pooped enough poop today whatever your weight's gonna fluctuate crazy like mine fluctuates between like five to 15 pounds every day sometimes you know like yesterday yesterday i weighed in at 251 right today in class the, we were weighing each other on the scale, and I was 260. I was like, what? <laughs> How am I going to gain nine pounds in, like, less than 22 hours, and I've only ate, you know, whatever, 800 calories since then? So, obviously, not all gain, weight gain is actual weight gain, but it's the long term. So, I my monthly weigh-in is what I actually look at to see how I'm doing, um, but – yeah, so I weighed in at 251, and the cool thing about the body scan is it gives you, uh, like, your stats and stuff, and uh, let me pull it up here. It said, so I didn't, my first body scan, I was at 413 pounds, so I weighed it until after I'd been coming to the gym for a, for a couple of weeks, um, but my, my weight was 413 and a half pounds. Um, my body fat percentage was 58.38. My fat mass was 241 pounds and my lean, my lean mass is 172 pounds. Now my lean mass is 190.5. So I've gained 18 and a half pounds of muscle. My fat mass is 63 pounds. I have 63 pounds of fat left on my body. That's it. Only 63 pounds. It was 241 pounds. So I've lost 177.9 pounds of fat in the past 18 months, a little under 18 months. And like I said, I'm not special. The only thing it took was me putting in the work and being intentional about what I eat and what I do and what I think. And it's possible. So my body fat percentage right now, I'm sitting at 25%. 25%. For bodybuilders, for men's bodybuilders, they're looking at people staying between 7 to 12% body fat for these big jack guys like Chris Chris Bumstead and stuff. So, like, I, I have to make less of a change from where I am now to get to Chris Bumstead than I did from where I was to where I am now. That's crazy to me, right? I still don't believe it. I still don't believe it. I still don't believe that I can run over a mile. Even though I've done it every single day for the past month, I still don't believe it. 
And that's the crazy thing is your mind. It's like you got two people in there almost. You got the you got the evil guy that wants you to die, and then you got the good guy that wants you to succeed and to live. And that evil guy, he really tries. But you can only feed one person. You can only feed the good or you can feed the bad. And one of them is gonna whoever's eating is getting stronger. Whoever you're starving is getting weaker. So that's what you have to pay attention to. And now what I do that motivates me the most is talking to other people that are at the beginning of their journey and helping them to get started. Because that was something that I really wished I had with somebody that could just explain things to me and to be honest with me about where I was, because no one would ever be honest with me about where I was, you know, like, Oh, you're not, you know, you're not that bad. You're not that bad. Blah, blah, blah. You know, people, people pretend just to keep you from being sad, you know, and people aren't honest with you. The honesty is the key. Honesty is the key. No, I, th- I think that that's, evident from you telling us you know your story and and what you've been through man like that and that discovery is so important like that ability to be honest with yourself is not something that everyone is doing is not something that everyone is willing to face and it takes getting to that place to actually then see the change happen you know to actually make it happen and i think the the point you made about kind of Mental fitness and strength are so, so important because it's this whole idea of, and I say this a lot to people I'm talking to, it's like, you don't know whether you can do something or not until you try to do it. Like, we get so stuck in this place of I can't do it. You know, if I was only like you, I would do it. If I had that motivation, I would. It's like, no, it's, it's really in the end, it's about starting to do something improving to yourself and all of those little things like because like look at what you said about you know when you first the first time you did a mile prove to you that you could do more than a mile and I think that that's the thing it's like it's not just about I can because I say this to you know especially when I'm working with a client who is really struggling with cravings and food and, and things along those lines and I say well as a human being you can do anything for 24 hours so let's do it for 24 hours and let's prove that you can do it for 24 hours. Because when you see that you can do it for one day, that next day becomes possible. It's like you're the person that shows you the real possibility by doing it, by actually seven. And, and that happens a lot. Like on this show, like a, one of the questions I'm going to ask you later is like, what can someone do, you know, to, to get started? And a lot of times people, you know, the, the guests that have gone on these journeys that have been successful, like they're always the resounding majority answer is always just get started. You know, you can't, and and like you said, you don't have to have all the answers on day one. You don't have to know exactly on day one, what you're going to do on day 400. And sometimes we let ourselves get paralyzed by that. You know, we let ourselves think, well, you know, what will my, you know, especially when you think about making changes to whether you're eating, it's like we get caught up in this place of, well, am I going to have to eat quote unquote this way forever? And, it's almost like you want to yes. say to someone, well, and the answer to that is it doesn't matter. The answer to that is that yeah, it doesn't, matter, today yeah. doesn't matter. Like what you're doing, you're doing what you're doing today because of where you are today. And it goes back to that, what we were talking right. about with that idea of taking the wheel. Like you might have to grip the wheel really hard right now. Don't worry about when am I going to be able to grip the, the wheel less. Worry about what I need to do right. today. 
You know, because right. when you focus more on what you're doing today, you then start to earn those future days for yourself. You know, like, and, right. you know, you were saying like you were in, con- you were in condition where you knew death was, was, was circling, you know, yeah. you know, the, yeah. the, with, especially dealing with blood pressure and apnea, like it's, and that's, I almost like every, to every person out there, like if you th- are waking up in the morning tired, get yourself tested. Like yes. you're in a dangerous place. Like it's, it you're getting, you. you're getting enough sleep. And you're significant, you know, and there are people, there's going to be someone, you know, there's going to be someone who comments, well, you know, there's a percentage of sleep apnea that is just caused by genetics and, you know, can be addressed that way. It's like, well, then maybe address it and figure out, you know, if it's a genetics or is it the 200 pounds that you're carrying? Right. You know? Well, you know, if that's, if that's your excuse, okay, well, that's fine. Then just die. Okay. You know, like uh, anymore. And it's like, don't give me mo- don't give me more excuses about why you're fat because I don't really care. You know what I'm saying? Like, I because I run into a lot of people here at the gym, and I anyone ever that has any sort of questions, wants any sort of advice, any sort of motivation, come to me. I will help you. You know what I'm saying? But don't don't come to me and tell me how miserable you are, and ask me what you could do, and then when I give you one thing to do, tell me you can't do it. And it's that so many people and I was the same way because I would be like, what do I got to do? You know? And I would, I, you would even, I went, bro, I spent a thousand dollars on a freaking weight loss uh, program once. Okay. A thousand dollars. How ridiculous. A thousand dollars to go to this weight loss program. Right. They told me to eat less. Like they li- like I literally paid a thousand dollars for these people to tell me to eat less. And so I would eat less and they had me on this diet and it was super unsustainable and I didn't sustain it because it was unsustainable. And so then I go in for check-in every week and I'd be three pounds heavier and they'd be like, well, what did you eat here? And then they'd be like, you know, and then like ride you all hard, like you a failure. And then you leave all like depressed, like I ain't never gonna lose weight. They go to Little Caesars and eat you a whole damn pizza by yourself because you're depressed, you know. And then it's like, well, there I am again, back in the cycle, back in the cycle, you know. No, it's it's that. It's it's when someone mess like, and I get you know DMs on Instagram all the time where someone will say, you know, I just I can't do it, I can't do that, or I can't do this, or I just can't. And when and my response that and often people don't like it is usually, okay, then you can't. And they're like, well, wait, wait, no, no, I reached out to you for a reason. I'm like, you reached out to me and told me that you can't do anything. And until you believe that you can do something, and again, it's it's okay that you don't have that complete belief in your success. Like you don't have to know on day one where you're going to be on day one thousand. Like, well, you you have to believe you can do something on day one. Yeah, I would go a step further and say that I would say fake it till you make it. Even if you don't believe that you could do it, okay, what is it hurting you to try? You know what I mean? Like, because sometimes I wake up and I still don't believe that I could do it. You know, because like now I got this huge freaking, like, I don't even know what to even call it. Freaking sack of skin that hangs off of me now, you know? And it, you know what it looks like? It looks like a fat belly is what it looks like. To me, 
other people are like, holy cow, you look amazing. You know, like everybody that I see now, especially people I haven't seen in like a month or two, they're like, oh my God, you look so good. You know, and like I still look in the mirror like, wow, I, yep, I still look like a freaking obese crease. You know, like, nah, you know, it's like, so I, you, st- sometimes you still don't believe in yourself, but you got to believe that you can at least do something. You know, because you're doing something now. The fact that you went out, sought out somebody to ask them for help, you already took the first step, man. You already took the first step. You already decided and were honest with yourself enough to say, hey, this isn't working. I got to do something else. Please help me. Help me. You know, and so then the next step is to do something. Do something. What are you going to do? Well, what makes you fat? Food. Okay, well, cut some of it. Cut what? I don't give a shit. Cut something. Cut something. Something. You know what I mean? Well, what do I do to work out? I don't care. Go do something. Go do something. Something that's uncomfortable. Something that makes you sweat. Something that makes you not want to do it again. Go do that. Go do it. For five minutes. Five minutes. There's a guy at work that's scrawny. He's even a scrawny guy is asking me. For help, he's like, I really want to get big. How do I gain? Why are you gonna add first off? Why are you gonna ask me how to gain weight? Because <laughs> you don't want to ask me that because I'll tell you the wrong way. But I told him, I said, Well, I said, Well, what you doing right now to, to get muscle? Nothing, okay, that's what I thought, you know. Well, what are you eating? I have no idea, okay. So, the first thing you need to do is figure out what you're eating, whether you want to gain weight or lose weight, you got to know where you are. You have to know where you are. That's part of being honest with yourself. So you got to figure out what you're eating. So you got to download whatever app you need to use to, to keep track of your calorie intake. Figure out what you're eating. Figure out what you're doing. And then make some little changes. Just little ones. And if you can make a change, one change, for three weeks, all of a sudden you will have to decide consciously not to do that see what i'm saying like because when i started going to the gym every time i go to the gym i'll be like okay i have to go to the gym 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 how to go to the gym how to go so i finally make it to the gym right a few weeks into it i'd be like on my way to the gym be like i really don't want to go to the gym today but like i was already on my way i didn't i didn't choose to go to the gym that day i don't i don't even choose to go to the gym anymore i just come to the gym I have to choose not to come to the gym. Like weekends are hard for me because I'm supposed to take the days off. And I have to make a conscious choice not to go to the gym. And that's crazy to me now because hell a year and a half ago I I would never go I wouldn't go to the gym. Are you kidding me? You know? But now it's who I am. It's who I've decided I wanted to be. And I wanted to take control of my life instead of letting it spiral out of control, instead of closing my eyes and hoping for the best. I want to see what's coming at me with my eyes wide open, facing it and choose which direction I'm going to go. I want to have control over my life. I want to have control over my happiness. I want to have control over my success. I want to have control over my health and I want to have control over myself. And You can have control. You can have control. And that's 
literally the only thing that you can actually have control over in life is yourself. So take it, take it and start out small. Because like he said, you don't have to know what you're going to do on day 400. All you have to know is what you're going to do today. And that's better than you did yesterday. So if you ate like a fatty yesterday, eat like a little bit less of a fatty today and you'll be better, right? If you walked five steps yesterday, walk six steps today. Just do, just commit to doing a little bit better than you did yesterday. And you're going to turn around in six months and you won't believe it. You won't believe it. How much better you are, how much better a place you are in mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, everything. When you decide that you want to be better and that you are committing yourself to being the best self that you can be, you will be. Instantly, you're already better. As soon as you make that choice, you're instantly better. And that, to me, that's the most amazing thing about your mind is that as soon as you've made it up, it's made up. You know what I mean? Like once you've made it, like you, that's your reality. You've, you've chosen your reality. My reality last, last year, beginning of last year, was that I wasn't going to make it another five years. I was going to live a miserable five years, try to get as much happiness out of it as I could with my wife and kids, and then I was probably going to have a heart attack and die. If I didn't die in my friggin' sleep from choking on my own fat. And that was my reality. And that was my reality because I chose that reality without thinking, mm, I want to die by the time I'm 35 from being so fat. That wasn't what I chose. But what I chose was I don't want to control myself and I'm just going to give over to whatever whim comes my way. You have to be conscious about choices that you make. You have to be intentional. And drastic results takes drastic measures. If you want to be different than you are now, you have to be different than you are now. And that starts in your mind. 100%, man. And if people want to follow along with your reality and be a part of this, because you, you you just shared a lot of passion and fire for what you're doing, and I'm sure people are going to want to check that out, man. How do they find you? Uh, I keep track of it on Instagram. That's actually where I met you on mm-hmm. Instagram. Uh, it's at McFattySack. McFattySack with one T. And I will definitely put that in the that show notes sad. for them. And we were alluding yeah. at the beginning that your name is Will, but your name is also Ben. But you made some changes just in terms of like giving you something to focus on, you know, and, and you know, so we're Will is what I went with because I think it also speaks to the will behind everything that you've been doing. You know, I think there's, I there's, there's something really there's something really powerful there, man. And Will is actually Will, it is your middle name. Yeah, Will is my middle name. My first name is Ben. My middle name is Will. But I I've never went by Will. Never went by Will. I've been Ben or Benjamin or Benji if somebody wanted to be hateful. Uh, but I when I first embarked on this journey, I wanted a I wanted to change not only where I was but who I was. So I, like whenever people start asking me about my name, I just told them my name was Will because I didn't want to be the same person. Now, it, it's not as important now. Now, 
people call me Ben or Will or Benjamin or whatever. It doesn't matter. But, you know, a bunch of people call me different things. But um, for a while, that was who I told everybody I was, is Will. And it was like I had to create a whole new persona for myself because it was a change. It was a change. I, I changed. I am not Ben anymore. I'm still Ben, but I'm not that guy anymore, you know? I'm, I'm freaking Mc, McFatty Sack now, man. I'm McFatty Sack. I'm Will. Call me Will. <laughs> and I, I'm such a different place in every aspect. There's nothing, nothing besides, besides the love I have for my wife and kids. Nothing's the same. Nothing's the same. And I honestly, I don't think that the love for them is the same either. I, I love them even more than before. And you've been making some other changes too, uh, which we alluded to at the beginning of the show, the teaser, uh, in terms of kind of career path and education. Yes. So when I was in high school, I wanted to go into the medical field. That was a, a big passion of mine. And I kind of decided that I was too dumb for it. I decided that I was incapable of it. Um, I, I got my CNA license in Iowa, actually. I worked as a CNA in a nursing facility there. And that was the extent of I, 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 I didn't think that I was capable of going beyond that. Um, so I gave up on that dream. And so I started going to school for to be uh, to be in law enforcement. I thought, you know, let me study law because, you know, you don't have to be like all that smart. <laughs> uh, sorry, we're going to have some officers listening who are not going to appreciate that. But. but I mean, you know, well, I've learned differently since then. I, I, I just graduated with my associate's in criminal justice. Uh, so I, I learned that it takes a lot. It takes a lot to be in law enforcement, you know, and so I, I thought it was going to be easy, easy path, but it was not. It was it was very challenging. And um, just where I am now in life is so different than when I started going to school. I was like, I could do this. I can. I'm, I'm not that dumb, you know, and because I, I graduated 4.0 uh, with my associate degree. And, uh, like, I don't know that many people that have that good grades. <laughs> and, but I worked my butt off for it. And I was, I was looking just for some reason, and I can get my LPN. I'm only lasting, uh, five classes for my LPN. And, uh, I can be a nurse. And then, uh, the, the school here, they have a path, uh, uh LPN to ADN program and so i can become a registered nurse within the next year and a half so i started i have to get on the cna registry north carolina doesn't care that i'm on the registry in seven other states for cna so i had to have to take the whole class over again but so i started that uh this was the third weekend so we just had our first test and i got a 99 on it i was happy about it that's awesome yeah 99 i got one one question wrong and it was stupid that I got it wrong because I knew the right answer but I forgot so (laughs) but uh yeah so I got you know four more tests in the class so you know I got four more chances to get a hundred so I'll have four four more hundreds coming at some point but um 
but yeah, so that's where I'm, that's where I'm headed now is, uh, my original dream of being in the medical field is, is being realized. And it never, never would have been realized if I hadn't first realized that I'm capable of controlling myself. You know, it, it's like, you see people that do things and you just automatically assume that you can never do that. Like you wonder how they could do that. You know, like, like for instance, Jeff Bezos. Let's think about Jeff Bezos and his little Amazon garbage. Like, he's like, I could never do that. Well, how how did Jeff Bezos do it? You know what I'm saying? Like, he just decided, he had a dream, and he started working. And, you know, if you have a dream, start working on it. Because that's the only way that your dream will come to pass, is if you actually pursue it. You can never catch your dream if you don't chase it, ever. And the cool thing about dreams, if you chase it, you're probably going to catch it. Probably going to catch it. Well, I, I have no doubts, man, from hearing your story today that you've got a ton more dreams that you'll be chasing and catching in the, in the, the days, weeks, months, years to come. So I, I appreciate you taking the time to, to let us in on what you've been doing and where that's taken you. Absolutely. I hope it, uh, hope it was interesting, and I hope that it helps somebody along the way. I have no doubt that it will, man. Mr. McFaddy Sack, are you ready for your final five questions? I am ready. Okay. So, question number one today. This is the Fat Guy Five, everybody. Fat Guy Five. Fat Guy Five. Question number one. Tell us, living or dead, Will, who is your favorite fat guy? My favorite fat guy? Like from the show or anywhere from any, anywhere. anywhere in life, anywhere. My favorite fat guy is, uh, is a gentleman by the name of McFatty Sack. Ah, I like my it. Fat guy. My second, my second favorite would probably be Chris Farley. And the reason why Chris Farley is because he's hilarious and he spreads so much joy, uh, to people around him. It was sad. His, his ending was sad, mm-hmm. but but just the, the pure joy that he brought to those around him and that he had uh, come in contact with. There we go. Question when you, of- can, when you can go. Oh, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, when you can make, when you can make a positive impact in other people's lives and you do, I feel like that's one of the most beautiful things people can do mm-hmm. is when they have the ability to make a positive impact and they choose to make it. And that's, that's a big deal. For sure. Question number two. Tell us, Will, what is one lesson that being a fat guy has taught you? One lesson that being a fat guy has taught me. And that's a hard one to narrow down. I would say anything's possible if you want it bad enough. But you got to want it bad enough. I like it. Question number three, Will. We started to kind of have this discussion already, but I'm going to circle back with the actual question. Tell us, what is one thing someone out there listening who wants to get their journey started can do today? Like I said, something. Just do something. What I would recommend for anyone, the first thing I would do is don't change anything. First, count your calories. 
So for the next week, don't change anything. Just keep track of every single thing that you put into your mouth and eat. And then after a week, I want you to go back and look and you will see, you'll blow your own mind. You will blow your mind. Like, wow. I, okay. This makes 100% sense. Why I'm a obese is because I eat 5,000 calories a day and, you know, 600 carbs, you know, and uh, only, you know, seven grams of protein. That's why I look like a freaking pool noodle or whatever, you know. I think that's great advice. And and that's where that honesty comes into play as well. Because when a lot of times when people dive into that activity, they already start making changes because they don't want to write down what they're actually doing and what they actually are eating. And it's like, be honest with yourself for a week. Be honest. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is you're cheating yourself. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's like, and that's like, I'll see a lot. I see a lot of people on Instagram that do this. Is they'll be like, I did this and this. And it's a total lie. A total lie. And the thing that sucks about it is like, I know it's a lie and everybody else knows it's probably a lie. But the worst part is, is that in three weeks when you can actually do that, you can't tell anybody because you done lied about it, you know? So don't lie about stuff. Be honest. Take pictures of yourself. That's what I would do. Don't, don't change anything. Just track what you eat and take the nastiest, fattest, most disgusting pictures of yourself that you could possibly take that way you're like god i'm so nasty like look at how just absolutely disgusting and revolting i am as a person i've allowed myself to get to this place and you have to decide that you will never ever be this way again ever and when you've decided that you're on your way you're on your way you're on your way question number four will what is one thing about yourself that you love? One thing about myself that I love, I would say my persistence. My persistence. Because if I wasn't persistent, I wouldn't have got my wife to marry me. Because whenever, that was the first one. <laughs> whenever I asked her, uh, when I first met her, we were raft guides. A whitewater raft guides and we both actually lived in the same town that was an hour well by the main road a two and a half hour drive from where we raft guided we both actually live in the same town but she didn't know the shortcut i did was gravel road cut the time down to 45 minutes so you can get back to town you just gotta drive by the river so i was you know i was flirting with her hardcore because man she's hot and I was like, hey, you still you live in Franklin. Why don't you just follow me back? She's like, okay. So we're driving back, and I was like, I'm going to pull over to this gas station, buy her a little snack and a drink, get her phone number, right? So I pulled over to this gas station, and she just drives right by me. She knew where she was at at that point. Just waved. I was like, ah. So I didn't get her phone number. So I had to wait all the way till the next week to get her phone number. Well, that was a Saturday. Tuesday, I bought her engagement ring, Okay. I bought her engagement ring before I got her phone number. So I had to wait until the next week to see her again to get her phone number. And she wouldn't give me her phone number. So I had to wait till the next week. She told me she didn't give her phone number out to strange guy. So I had to make myself less strange and get her phone number for her the next week. So my persistence paid off there. And then the past 
20 years, I have been trying to lose weight, trying to lose weight, trying to lose weight. I keep failing, 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 getting worse, failing, getting worse. But I didn't stop. I would stop for a while, but I'd get back on it and I'd try again. If I had not been persistent, then I wouldn't have tried this last time. See what I'm saying? Persistence pays off. Persistence pays off. If I hadn't been persistent and continued to try, I would never have found success. Because there's, there's going to be, you're going to fail, you're going to fail, you're going to fail, but there's going to be one time. You just got to get there. There's going to be that one time. You're not going to fail. You're not going to fail. You're going to succeed. And then, and then it's the next step. You just got to go on from there. And you're going to fail a bunch more times, and then, you, then all of a sudden you're going to succeed. Every failure is one step closer to success every single time. So I'd say the one thing I love about myself the most would be my persistence. I like it, man. And your last question today, Will, tell us what is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? My goal for that's not health, fitness, or weight related would be to finish my LPN because I got to finish this class the CNA class and get on the registry before the last week of August. So the class stops, stop, uh, stops at the end of July and you have to wait two weeks to be able to get, take the actual test, the state test. And so I only have a two week window to take that test to be able to get on the registry, to be able to do the LPN program. And if I could do that, then I'll graduate with my LPN next summer. Nice. So that's my plan. And as we said, if anyone wants to follow along, the, the link to Will's Instagram is going to be in the show notes today. Will, I just want to say a big thank you for all of the effort it took for us to get connected and then also for your willingness to open up and share everything that you did with us today. I, I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to, to tell my story. Definitely, man. Definitely. And anyone out there, if you want to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram as well at Gourmet Goes Keto. You can connect with me on Twitter at Gourmet Goes Keto. You can email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. And you can also check out what I'm doing on the coaching and blogging side at theketoroad.com. So my friends, get inspired by what you heard today. Go out there, do something to amaze yourself because you are the most amazing people I know. And then come on back and catch us on the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. 